Gary Young was a man of many passions. Without being around him, you would never know that the father of the modern essential oil movement was also an avid rancher, farmer, equestrian, and even a jouster. Many of these side quests he passed along to me, including the medieval sport, with competitions still happening at our Young Living Farms. Hello and welcome to Young Living's podcast, The Wild Drop. My name is Jacob Young, your host. Young Living is the world leader in producing and distributing premium essential oils. This podcast will provide you with drops of information about Young Living, including stories, history, products, lots of little fun facts, and even more. We'll also give you an opportunity to get some free product. In the studio with us today is Kyra Bussian and Sean Baldwin. Kyra is the manager of the DGY jousting team down at our Young Living Lavender Farm in Mona, Utah. Sean Baldwin has helped us immensely with all of our jousting shows and has been jousting for the last 15 years. If you've ever been to Excalibur, then you probably know who he is, the Black Knight. Welcome to the show, guys. Hey. Hello there. So jousting is a super unique hobby to get into, and I want to know what brought you both into the world of jousting. Well, I uh, started working at the farm uh, about seven years ago. I started with the draft horse team, and that was a great experience. But uh, riding's always been the best thing for me. And uh, once the jousting opened up, and it's got a lot to do with horses, I'm like, hey, why not? <laughs> Let's give it a shot. And it's been a blast. I uh, needed a job at the time. It was it was out in Chicago. It was wintertime. I was a landscaper, so I opened up the newspaper before the internet and said, we need nights real big for medieval times and got in there and the rest was history and I've just been doing it for the rest of my life. So hearing your story of both how you got started with jousting, jousting is completely different than anything else that anybody's ever experienced. So what all does getting into jousting take? Well... I didn't know how to ride a horse when I first started, so that's that was one of the biggest things was learning how to ride a horse. Squiring is another thing. You squire for about nine months to a year while training to become a knight, and that that was not fun because it was all the old school guys. They put me through the ringer. They beat me up, and I, I stuck it out, and I did it. And, you know, you get to just be with your horse and hit people with sticks it's definitely a different thing, you know, like you don't get to experience it. You like adrenaline. It's a really good adrenaline rush. And, uh, yeah, that's pretty much why I do it. And, Kara, you are an amazing horse trainer. You train all the horses down um, at our Young Living Farms in Mona, mm-hmm. Utah, all of our jousting horses. So for you, it might have been a little bit easier to start off with jousting, was it? Oh, yes, it was, because riding, that's half of it. If you can ride a horse and have your balance, then just add a shield and a lance, and it's it's so much easier than having to go back and learn how to ride, because there's so much, so much to riding. So with jousting, what would you both say is the most difficult part about it, for you at least? mostly, you know, if if your horse acts up, you know, they have a mind of their own. You know, it's not natural for horses to do that, running at each other with sticks and shields and lances and shiny things and metal. So if during a show, like a live show, you don't have redos, 
you, you have to just go with it. So being one with a horse, that's probably like the, the toughest thing. You know, everything else, you just do it. It's repetitive. You get used to it, your body, muscle memory. But if a horse wants to go to left when he's supposed to go right, the, you're going to be fighting it. So that's probably the biggest thing for me. Yeah. So it's And it is something what you mean by it not being natural is it's not something that they do not like doing. They thoroughly enjoy it. There's a huge you can feel the difference with the horses when they're um training and when we're in practice, at least I feel like. And then when they're in the show they're a completely different animal. They're so excited, they're so ready to go. And you have a hard time like containing their excitement almost. It's something that they work towards just like when we practice, you know, throughout most of the year and we get our three or four shows, it's all that practice and anxiety of wanting to go out into the arena and just have absolute fun. And just being a big kid. Yeah, that's that's it. <laughs> so what is the challenging part for you about jousting, Kyra? Well, I'd say just keeping focus like the crowd. I'm not huge on speaking out to people but like i think this has just been a great experience for me i have opened up a lot um you just go out there now just go out there have fun do what i'm supposed to do the joust and it's been a blast like i love i love being in front of the crowd now that's great and then the last seven years you've smiled a lot more so (laughs) i think that's a big bonus for you seeing her come out of her shell was definitely (laughs) awesome so break down what a typical event might look like from the stands if you're someone that's in the stands watching the show what can the audience expect to see well we got stage performers that come out we have bagpipers that come out it's it's the authenticity um bringing you back to the medieval times you get the feelings uh the costumes the horses just the all around excitement the bearded men the bearded men yes <laughs> I, those yes but no you you just you take a step away from reality and and step back into time and and see kind of what it would have been like if if you would have grown up at that time but yeah it's a uh, a lot of people i've heard a lot of grown-ups oh that's a kid show you know and and it's not cuz i've seen the adults get more into it than the kids do oh yeah and and they're the ones standing and screaming and jumping and you know that's that's it's pretty funny but to to see all that on stage and everything come together like you were saying about practicing and practicing and practicing it just gets so repetitive and when you go out and you do the show now you're like this is this is why we do it yep. so for somebody out in the crowd that's never seen it and never done it before it's like, oh my God, this is this is amazing. So to see the smiles on their faces, that's that's awesome. And we walk through all the different games that were done back in the medieval times, and some we've added as new games that we've never seen before. And that's thanks to Kyra and her creativity in the jousting department. So, what games have have you added on since you started? Um, we've done recently the Feed the Dragon race, and it's just spears thrown together and we got a fake dragon made that looks it looks pretty cool and you uh, grab the turkey leg off yes, the stand grab a turkey leg run and it down to the squire and the squire throws it in the dragon's mouth yep it's a relay race it was a lot of fun and the crowd enjoyed it yes. at our fall festival just last week um so that was really great we've also introduced the uh symbol on top of how tall is it 15 feet uh, I'd say 25. Oh, it's, 25 we've, feet? We've got yeah. it near the top of that flagpole, and it's a just like a band symbol, and we have rubber tips on the end of arrows, and we ride by and try to make them, make them sound off. And 
without getting... missing the tarp that is supposed to catch the arrows. Yes, yeah, so the arrows don't fly into and crabs. Instead, the crowd might Keep, yeah. catch one, which they might almost did. Yeah. <laughs> a, couple, a couple went outside the arena. Yeah. Yeah. And it was windy that day, so it's, I'm not going to say that. You guys weren't good at what you're doing. It, you were you were fighting yeah. nature on that one. For yeah. It is it is a lot more challenging than I thought it would be. So why do we do the games? For somebody that doesn't understand why we do the games, explain why we do them. For skill, you know, you got it, it's more for combat. Why jousting was created in the games and all this um, was to keep the knights intact when they were not in war. And then it just slowly ended up turning out to be more for the king, more for show. But it was it was to keep the the military on guard and keep them. So it was another form of training and yeah, conditioning. Yeah, keep them so they weren't sloppy when they went out into the battlefields. And some of those games involve the spear, where you grab the spear and you throw it into the hay bale or whatever it may be. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have the rings on the ring quintain. As you're riding by, you're grabbing the rings off of this pole that's a little bit higher than you while riding a horse. And it all seems super easy when you're watching oh, yeah. the knights do it. But a lot of people don't realize that that horse is very clunky. You've got a lot of movement going on. You're not only controlling the horse, but your lance. And then if there's wind, like there mm-hmm. was, you know, on the last day, you have to adjust for the wind pushing the rings and stuff. There's a lot that goes into it. And so, yes, like you said, that's to help us practice with our aim and our targeting when we do go into the list and joust. So what does the equipment look like and feel like when it's all on you? Armor wise, armor wise, yeah. Armor wise, uh, I hope you're not claustrophobic because <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> your movements are very slim to none. You can't see out of the helm. Um, you have very like your eyesight, your eye line, your vision yeah. is just terrible in there. You can only see straight out. Yeah, because the slits are you know very small. So when the lance does break, you don't end up having a shard go into your eye yeah. or a piece of wood or whatever it may be. Yeah, they're they're trying for full protection and just a little bit of mobility. So it's um, it's about I want to say about a hundred pounds, depending if you're wearing if you're wearing chainmail. Uh, Chainmail is going to add another 50 to 75 pounds. You could get up to about 200 pounds. Yeah. And that's in full armor. Yeah. That's for full metal jousting, heavy armor jousting. For light armor, what we usually do, so our gorgets and our gauntlets, our chest and backplate, it's about 30. Yeah, you're not. It's it's, 30 to 40 pounds. You're more a leather than a metal. Yeah. So you, you can move around a little bit more to do the games and do everything. In heavy armor jousting, there's only so much that you can do, games-wise. It's pretty much just jousting. Yeah. So with jousting, once you get to the jousting part, what steps, what all is involved with the scoring? How does it all work? Uh, First, we uh, back the horses into the list, so we're not facing the way that we're running, just to keep them standing. So uh, we have squires. They hand us our armor. We armor up, helmets, um, and then our shields and lances um once we are all prepared and ready to come about um our herald will tell us to come about and the herald is the announcer yes the announcer um and we'll come around face each other and once he yells charge on just drop the reins the horses are trained to go straight um and then bring our shield up and shield presentation is huge um if you don't have your shield up there's a lot of risk in you getting hit 
um, or it's hard for the opponent to hit you. And our we're doing it for show, so we want the crowd to see this so they can feel the excitement and hear the hit and just yeah it's 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 incredible <laughs> yeah and it's making, crazy and making sure the so. shield is in the place where it needs to be because that's what yes. you're aiming for is the shield so for those of you who are, who are watching it's kind of hard to um, explain this but basically think of yourself almost like clocking yourself in the jaw you have your elbow as high up as you can and your fist about an inch or two away from your face and you're making sure that your arm your left arm is absorbing the hit from the shield if you don't have the right presentation you can expose your chest get hit in the chest get hit in the face which has happened to me before um and it's not fun i highly don't recommend (laughs) well in, in competition too if your shield's not presented correctly then you're going to lose points yes so Mm -hmm. the point system it's one point for a hit and then five points for a broken lance and usually sometimes uh, depending on the herald if the shield is not presented well or if the knight strikes in the incorrect spot then points are taken away or they're not added Um, it just depends on which show that you're at Um, our show down at the Mona Farm, we just go by the hit and the break of the lance. And sometimes Sean should have his points taken away for not presenting his shield correctly. <laughs> well, I am I am also the bad guy, so I, I should be able to get away with cheating a little bit. <laughs> no. um, it happens, you know, on, on, on big days when the crowd's as yeah. large as it was this Saturday, this past Saturday at Fall Festival. Um, I think we were all pretty much just so excited. Oh, we just yeah. wanted to hit each other. It was. It's and been so, about two years. Yeah, and so shield presentation was just out the yep. door. Yep. Yeah, <laughs> I think we passed each other and maybe just tapped shields. Me and you, yep. a couple times, and then I cheated the last one and won. But <laughs> it had to happen. You know, they needed to see a break. So with the points and the scoring, um, how many laps do you do usually? It typically depends. Right now in our show, we do three passes, and it's going to be – so we have two girls that joust, and then the two boys joust, and then the boy and girl joust, and then I come out, the bad guy, and joust. And joust whoever won that. Yeah, so we're doing three passes for them, and then when I joust, I'm doing four yeah. four passes just to – you know, the crowd loves it. So it sounds staged, but it really isn't. For those of you listening, you're like, oh, so uh, this person this day will joust against the Black Knight. No, well, it's it's whoever does the best and whoever wins joust Sean. Um, and Friday and Saturday, you know, we all went after it. Luckily and gratefully, I won Friday and Saturday. I sadly did not win Sunday, um, and that was due to getting hit in the face. Um, I'm going to use that as my excuse, by the way. So yeah. it's a very valid oh, right. excuse. I we saw say. you already looking at that gate before you got hit, so <laughs> we knew it was over. And uh, Kyra wanted a piece of Sean, and so they went at it since Kyra won, and uh, Sean unhorsed Kyra. Yeah. And it's it's real. It happened. It is. Yep. It was the, not staged. The <laughs> danger is real. The accidents, the bruises, the broken bones, the bruised ribs, it's all real. And so I guess that leads us into my next question and i know people ask this all the time is how dangerous is it really it you know it if you get up there and you joust somebody that doesn't know what they're doing you're gonna get hurt uh typically in this industry 
anybody that's jousting has been doing it and they know what it consists of but it's a sport yeah you know you're gonna get hit you're gonna get hurt uh Broken hands, broken wrists, hands, uh, fingers. sternum. Yeah. Concussions. You're, you're getting hit with a stick at 25 miles an hour plus. So at that speed, what does that impact look like? It's a car accident. Car accident yeah. at 60 miles an hour almost. <laughs> Pretty is, much. What's it equates to? Yeah, it's like 5,000 pounds of pressure, they yeah. say or something. And, that's, and, and the heavy armor that you know some of these guys do, the real stuff, because this is theatrical. This is pretty, you know. Yeah. The the it's heavy armor. It's a lot armor. nicer and safer. Yeah. The the heavy armor guys, those guys, they're taking hits. They're getting hit hard. And they come away seeing stars, not knowing their names, bleeding. It's getting knocked off their horses. And, you know, I give them props. Those yeah. guys, they can, they can take a hit. I do it for fake. So I know how it feels to do it for fakes. I don't think I would want to do it for real. And what do you mean by fakes for with, those who with, don't know what you with mean? With how we do it, I don't want to give out you know, the tricks of the trade, but um, the hits aren't as hard as they could be. Uh, yeah. they, they, they're meant to make it look hard, but... It's also at a safe way. Yeah. So, so our tips are removable, and they're made from balsam. And balsam is a somewhat fragile wood, so it tends to break a lot more easily than most woods. And uh, depending on the day and how big we want the breaks, sometimes we might put slits down the sides of these tips to get them to break more so the hits aren't as hard. And other days, if we're really going after it, then Sean will mess with the tips, and yep. he won't do anything to them, and the yep. hits will be even twice as hard. It's like hitting a two-by-four. And some of those tips, it's it's almost like a Russian roulette. Like, yeah, you yeah. do not know with those tips. Um, some of them are consistent with the hits and how they break. Others are a lot harder and heavier, and so they're a harder hit. I, I shake my tip now to see <laughs> the noise that it makes. I can, I can tell now. Yeah. So I think this is a fun question to ask. What's the worst hit? that you two have experienced mine was uh actually just the other night at sunday uh sunday during the fall fest uh went up against sean and he uh unhorsed me it was not expected but of course did, those I happen i wish i could post it, the video for everyone to see because you literally look like a cartoon character falling off the off back, the back of, of the horse, horse. <laughs> I, she was trying to get back up there. i was she close was to getting back on but uh it was a little weird for my horse he didn't know what was happening he yeah. was filling me on on behind him and uh he took off a little bit more in that speed just threw me back more and ended up hitting the dirt so and i'm glad it was me that did it <laughs> i am you know i trained her so it's like if anybody else would have knocked her off her yeah. horse i would have been like man that was my chance yeah but i didn't do it on purpose yeah it was um hit wise oh my god there's so many there's there's years of of being hit in Renaissance fairs. I think Chris, when we were doing the heavy armor, he hit me so hard it sat me up, and I had no idea what had happened. I thought I broke my collarbone. I lost my voice because the armor hit me in my throat. That was probably a that was probably the the hit of the lifetime right there. Yeah, I would say mine before Sunday was getting hit right in the sternum. It cracked my sternum. And breathing was difficult. It was not fun. Um, but this Sunday took a nice hit to the face. You know, I had an inside hit. My shield folded upward and uppercutted me. And then the rest of the lance got me in the face. 
And apparently you guys were telling me I just looked like a sardine on top of the horse, just flopping around until I got to the end of Yeah, I, I collapsed. I'm surprised I didn't get unhorsed from that. Um, you, st- you stayed in the saddle. I've been, yeah, each time Chris and I go out, we're very close to unhorsing each other. Um, oh, he almost pushed himself off. Yeah, so that I would say that's the worst hit I've experienced yet. I'd say the other one that was the worst one was, I think it was like my second year in when we finally upgraded to the Pertrons. And I can't remember, oh, I was going against uh, Pony. Mm. And that was the one where my wrist buckled and snapped on that hit. And it was because I didn't let it slide through. I gripped it and... Yeah. My wrist just went with the lance. So, yeah, it's it's painful. It's real. Uh, I mean, it is staged in its own way, but what you see is what happens, and there's only so much that we can actually, like, well, <laughs> stage. It, it takes a certain kind of crazy to, oh, yeah. to get up there and, and do it consciously knowing what could happen. Yeah. You know, the horses, like we, we were talking about earlier, is that it's it's unnatural for a horse. They don't do it in nature. They don't run on each other like that. No. So they're just as crazy as we are Yeah. to get up there and run on each other with sticks and all this. And, and we have some crazy horses, that's yeah. for sure. And then, and then laugh about it. Yeah. <laughs> that's 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 the good thing is that we laugh about it when we're, we're done jousting. We all have fun with it. That's the thing. Jousting is a very intense sport. And with intense sports comes bruises and pains. And so for this giveaway, we are going to give you Cool Azul Pain Relief Cream. This Cool Azul Cream offers fast-acting relief from minor muscle and joint aches with the aromatic combination of Wintergreen Premium Essential Oil and Young Living's exclusive Cool Azul Premium Essential Oil Blend. If you'd like to get this Cool Azul Cream, all you have to do is comment Cool Azul down below on this YouTube video. Good luck! So a lot of people always wonder, how did Young Living get its own team and its own jousting arena down at its lavender farm in Mona, Utah? And it's a lot more of a simple story than people think. So back in 2001, a movie called Night's Tale was released starring Is, is Heath this Ledger. what got you into jousting? Kind of, sort of. Okay. Seeing the movie? So it's what got my father started with oh, jousting. Okay. So as you know, my dad was just one of those people where he saw something, he wanted to do it, he just went and did it. Nobody could stop him. He just went all out, and he wasn't going to stop until he completed what he wanted to do. And so after watching that movie, he's like, man, that'd be something so cool to add down to our farm as an event, and I'm going to star in the show. And my mom said, Gary, that's crazy. You're 56 years old. Quit dreaming. And he said, no, no, I I really want to do it. And she's like, all right, go for it then. So he did some extensive research, ended up finding some people that um, got him connected with the world champion at the time, uh, Shane Adams. And they went down to California and trained for a little bit. And then six months later after training, they went up to the world championships in 2002 in Ontario, Canada. And he plays third in the games and then second in combined arms, which is what they called their jousting. And ever since then, um, my dad said, okay, well, now that I've done it, I know what it takes. I know what we all need. He built the arena, hired a team, brought some people down, and, and we've had it ever since. And when he started doing that, I wanted to become involved with it. I, I had a friend call me out of the blue, said that, yeah, Young Living's looking for knights <laughs> in Mona, Utah. And you know, I, I know a lot of 
different places for jousting, and I've never once heard of Mona, Utah. And I came out, and it was legit. He had a full-on arena. And so, just like you said, every knight has to start as a squire. You know, they have to learn how to hand stuff to the knights, how to armor the knights, how to clean the horses and muck the stalls. And it's it's the dirty work. You have to do the dirty work in order to sit on the throne, right? And the throne being the knight on top of the horse. And I enjoyed it. I loved it. But, man, I prefer being a knight on top of the horse. <laughs> so much more. Yeah. Being, being a squire, you're, you're the extension, the hands of the knight, you know, because they can't be on the ground doing everything. Yeah. Uh, squiring, no, not fun. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, my father always said, you know, that he was introduced to the world of jousting from the movie A Knight's Tale. And... A lot of people always ask if that's a accurate depiction of jousting or Game of Thrones or any other TV show or movie that you've seen with jousting. And I, this is my opinion, I think Night's Tale did a pretty good job on accurately depicting jousting. Uh, I have seen the scene in Games of Thrones where they do jousting. It felt a little bit more dramatized than what it actually is. And I feel like what we do is pretty accurate to how it was. Obviously, we're yeah. a bit more upgraded with shields and lance and armor and stuff. But I'd say it's pretty close to how it was done back in the day. Yeah. The Knight's Tale was a little bit more of a, a fantasy a Hollywood. love yep. story. Uh, in Game of Thrones, that they're not trying to kill each other. Back, back in the medieval century when they did this, like I said, it was for, for training purposes. They, would, they were not trying to kill because those are the best soldiers. They're not going to go and kill their best soldiers in practice. And then on the battlefield, you never really see knights in armor just because of the fact that they couldn't. Yeah, the mobility. Yeah, they couldn't move. They were just a target. So you, they would, it was more for show. But, yeah, I think your show at, at Young Living is – is pretty much what you're going to get if you go back to the 14th, 15th century of jousting. It's, it's, it's all for the fun. So what does the community look like for jousting in 2021? Well, they're, you know, any jouster wants it to be in the Olympics. They want it to be that big. Uh, it's a small circle. There's certain troops that do, that do the shows around the United States, the Renaissance fairs and all that stuff. You, if you, if you do this, you pretty much know everybody it's it's small um yeah it's it, it's trying to grow but it's an expensive thing it's not cheap to do it's expensive and people don't realize how taxing it is as well yeah um you know i i remember you know all the people that we've had come on to the team and after one show they're like yeah i i can't do this you know i didn't realize it was this much it was this much work there was that much involved and i don't blame them it's a lot but i don't think that people realize what they're really getting into and so that show you know we kind of always call people's first show the make it or break it show uh to see the icebreaker yeah the icebreaker to see if people end up staying on or not so now that we've got people interested in jousting how can they come take part in the events is this by watching, or do they get into jousting themselves? Uh, I would start out by by watching. Uh, <laughs> Watch to make sure it's something. Oh, hey, yeah, because you can see the knights actually. Oh yeah, well, and, and watching and, and doing is two different things. Like, yeah, yes, very. You think that you like it, but be around it. You don't want to go invest all this money in armor and horses and 
training and this and that just to come out and be like, nah, I don't like it. So um, I would say go to the Renaissance Fairs. Go anytime there's jousting. Go check it out. Go watch it. You know, now they're doing night fights, and that stuff's real. Yeah. You know, like with the full armor uh, and yeah. the longbow swords, or what are what are they called? The really long swords that they oh, use, man. Uh, broadswords, broadswords. Yeah, there's so many different names for them, but um, I would never do that because I <laughs> I like my body. But um, yeah, anytime you can, anytime you could be around the the medieval century type guilds and Renaissance, and you know, it's fun. It takes you away from reality. Yeah. You know, that's what a lot of people fall in love with is is to be able to dress up and and go and escape. You're not working, you know, the thing about work or paying bills. Yeah. And, you know, and that's that's the cool thing. And it's it's a family. When you're in the Renaissance, they all travel together throughout the year. Yeah. So they they become really good friends and family and that's it's just a it's a life. It's a it's a different lifestyle. So for you it sounds like your favorite part of jousting is the escape and the dress up and just being part of such a small community that's so well knit and intertwined with everybody else. Yeah. What about you, Kyra? What's your favorite part about it? Um I love like everything there, the horses, um, it's something different. Nobody can go anywhere and you hear them say like, Hey, what do you do? Oh, I joust. What? It's just the unique of it. Just it's and the a rush. Really, it's yeah. I she's, can't she's find the words. Junkie. Yeah, it's <laughs> she, she likes to hit people. Hey, not gonna lie. The first few times I uh, jousted, I I hated it. I don't know what it was. It was just not for me. But um, once you just slow down the pace and do step for step, like it, it's crazy how fast it can come together once you just like the shield muscle memory now and you just bring your lance down and. Uh, aim for that spot on the target. Um, it's it's so much fun. <laughs> well, once you're not fighting yourself, <clears throat> yep, and once you learn you... how everything works together, yep. and it's easier. Because yeah. everybody just thinks, get on a horse and go. And then no. they're like, no, this is, you know, they, then they get angry yep. and it's not fun. And that's why we lose people into, yeah. the, into the jousting. They don't want to do it because it overwhelms them so fast. Yeah. So for me personally, and it's kind of the same thing that my dad always said, for him, he's like, it's not too often you got to tell people that you, get paid to hit people with a big stick. Everyone always yep. asks again, it's like, what, wait, what did you do? <laughs> it, yep. And then you have to actually explain, yeah. yes, this is jousting, what you're thinking it is. And we're just big kids. Yep. Yep. We did this on our lawns when we were big five years old. Living you know? the dream. <laughs> yeah, like we'd run around play nights and, and do all this stuff as kids. And to grow up and actually get to do it for fun and get paid for it and, and enjoy it as a lifestyle, psh, uh, yeah, any day. I love it. Well, thank you both so much for coming on to thank the show. Thank you for having me. Yeah, thank you. Thanks to Kara and Sean for coming on to the show and talking about our shared love of jousting. And thank you for tuning into this episode of The Wild Drop. Remember, you can listen on iTunes, Spotify, and YouTube and on our newly refurbished website at www.youngliving.com. Don't forget to oil up, Young Living family. This is Jacob Young, dropping out. The YL Drop is produced in our studios at Young Living Global Headquarters with assistance from Paul Eagleston, Cole Wissinger, Ren Sof, and of course our host, Jacob Young. <laughs>